This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Hey, Vicki. Hey, Kathy. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good now that I actually got out of the car this morning. Why well, know. What was going on? <laughs> well, I'm listening to a new podcast, and oh. it's called Swindled. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Oh, my gosh. It is. It's so good. And what I the reason I'm even mentioning it during <laughs> our podcast episode <laughs> taping is because I am blown away by the social irresponsibility of some companies. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, we don't usually talk about that. On the I know we don't, but I, it, it does not go over my head when I'm listening to this podcast. The, I don't know, just the, you know, hypocritical nature of you know, what these companies have done yes. versus what it is that we come in here and talk about. Yeah. And in fact, I think um, it'd make for some great bonus episode content. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, Definitely. Could, we could pick a, one or two stories and kind of really research it and uncover just, ooh, yeah, like kind of detective work. Yeah. yeah that'd I've be always fun. wanted to be a detective. I know, me too. Okay. That'd be cool. Okay. No, I, I mean, it certainly would be a sharp contrast to what we normally talk about. Exactly. So it's just having well, to, to pick check it out. one or two. Why don't you try listening to it? I will. And there's, there's some episodes that are just about people, mm -hmm. but certainly some. And you'll see by the title what the companies are. And mm, check them out. My, my, my. Okay. They need to get their act together. So anyway, we can switch <laughs> gears now because I want you to meet Sarah Robinson. Uh, Sarah is a Gallup certified strengths coach and an author of two books, Unstuck is at Last and her most recent book, Fresh Leadership. And I have both of them and they're, they're, they're awesome. Oh, thanks so much. You're welcome. And Sarah was introduced to me by a former Taking Care in Business podcast guest who said, Sarah, quote, does an incredible job in assisting leaders to find their edge, unquote. When Sarah and I talked a few weeks ago, I was driving to Chicago to see Grace mm -hmm. and uh, my daughter. And if it wouldn't have been for that irregular cell service that we had, we might have talked my whole drive there. We got to talking about the Gallup Certified Strengths Test and our experiences with it. And she was offering so much insight, some of which I've already taken into account and some that I plan to use at Bolson Group, including my quarter quarterly state of the company meeting this week. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love the idea of having Sarah on the podcast to talk specifically about how people and companies can use the knowledge of coworkers' strengths and even their weaknesses to create more effective and collaborative teams. Yeah. So, yay, Sarah. Thanks oh, for coming yeah. today. What a, what a lovely introduction. Oh. And I, I could talk about strengths indefinitely. So, I'm glad I guess we have a, a cutoff because we might be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I seriously, I was so bummed when we lost each other that last time because we were in the middle of a great, just, you know, a great conversation, um, which it we... It was, it was really fun. Yeah, very fun, yeah. yeah. 
I think a lot of people have done the strengths test or some form yes. of it, you know. Yeah. 21 million people have taken it so far. So quite a few and wow. more more coming. It's actually the many people are familiar with the um, Strength Finder 2.0 um, book. And that's where you can buy that book still. There's a code in the back. And you go online and take the assessment. It's actually been a number one bestseller um, on New York Times uh, book you know, list for over a decade. It's the longest number one bestseller of any nonfiction book. Wow, wow. Well, I was introduced to it by my niece. I have a niece who is in college uh, admissions, but right. she she does the, uh, what do you call it when you, Orientation. like a residential oh, director. Okay. She, so yeah. she, like yeah. an RA. Like yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. And she loves that job. And so I think all of the RAs take this test so they can, work, you know, learn about each other. It's and a so very a high percentage of um, college, new college freshmen take it. It's an orientation process because hmm. it can be very helpful in the um, the sitting down and talking to somebody about, hey, what do you really do well? Mm -hmm. And then how do you direct that and connect that to your education? So it's very popular in, in that um, arena. And then the, the other kind of group that takes it a lot are, you know, businesses. And, mm -hmm. and it's really um, the, one of the major, most significant findings from the results, um, Gallup is a company that owns a tool, and obviously they've got a great brand for the research that they do. They continue to just push out fantastic research related to the tool, but what they have found is amazing. It, they found that if you use your strengths at work, you're seven times more likely to be engaged. Mm. And what's so amazing about that is that two-thirds of most people mm -hmm. are not engaged at work. Right. So, wow, what a big difference. All you need to do is really tap into the things that make you unique and special, the things that are your strengths, the, the chances that anybody else is going to have your results from the Clifton Strengths Assessment is 1 in 33 million. So remember, my mind. remember, Mr. Rogers told us mm -hmm. we were all unique and special. And then, <laughs> he was on right. our, uh, well, <laughs> on our way to adulthood, we get a, a different message. You're not that special. Go get a real job. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And we that that's a sad and not very uplifting message. Right. And so but I think all of us feel a little beaten down by that. You're not that special message because we don't know how to articulate. Right. What is so special about me? And mm -hmm. I think when I coach people individually and when I coach teams, people having their eyes open wide to this is it. I just did not know how to talk about this because mm -hmm. this is so up in my brain. And I had no idea it was that different than other people. I right. thought everybody else was thinking this way. Mm -hmm. So that's what is so fun about my work is that, wow, that to be able to help people see and articulate and then function at a higher level, not only are you seven times more likely um, to be engaged, which is great, your productivity increases, your profitability at work increases, but guess what? Your overall life satisfaction increases. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. If we actually are doing the things that we do well at work and people know how to use us and tap into those things, and are trying to harness the things that we do well instead of what's the flip? The flip is, okay, I'm your boss. I'm going to tell you everything you're doing wrong. Right. Most of us recognize it's not that motivating. 
And of course, we all need constructive criticism, but ideally, we'd like to have a three to one ratio. We'd like to have three positive comments to that one negative comment. It makes that negative comment a little bit more palatable. Mm -hmm. And it also increases the trust between you and me. If I recognize that you can see the good in me, then I'm less sensitive to the constructive criticism because I, I don't say, well, Vicki, you're just always really negative and you don't like me very much, I think, <laughs> right? But, but you can see if someone's always kind of beating down on you, you're like, there's nothing I can do to please this mm -hmm. person. I mean, hello, Vicki, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all I ever hear is nag, 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 you know, undercutting me. So that's really a big piece when, when we can tie together the positive and obviously put the constructive criticism in there as well. I think that's when more trust is formed in the workplace. And obviously, then we know from these results, more productivity and profitability in the workplace. So there's so many great reasons, mm -hmm. I think, to be talking about strengths at work instead of deficiency. Mm -hmm. and th but that's a real flip. Remember, in high school or even in grade school, my goodness, we always are told about the thing we need to work on, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Most of us carry that over into our adult life. And we have this idea that I need to work on those things I'm not good at. Yeah. And it's a real flip of the paradigm to think, well, it's, a, it's great to be aware of those weaknesses, but maybe focusing on, the, on them too much is taking away time for me to be really diving into my strengths and the things that I really do well. What research has shown is that you can have exponential growth if you concentrate on your areas of strengths, whereas we all know we do get better, incrementally a little bit better by working on areas of weakness. So it's kind of like throwing us a bone, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I did get a little bit better. Yeah. Is it enjoyable? Does it give you energy? If it doesn't, it's probably not a great use of your time. Sure. Better to partner with other people better to appreciate the people around you who can help you with those things or give you even just insight, even if you're doing it yourself, you know, the area. So for instance, I'm somebody who has low consistency. Um, so I'm not going to be somebody who does something the same way every time naturally. Mm -hmm. If somebody can help me with that, it's like, oh, you're right. That is really great. That, that is helpful. I wouldn't have probably designed that method myself mm -hmm. because that's just not the way my mind normally works. But I really appreciate people that can help me those, with those things. What we have used it for at Bolson Group is, um, so we all took it, and whenever we hire someone new, we, we, take, we have them take the test. So we can I love hearing that just make sure that a job expectation doesn't present itself as there's no way this person will excel. You know, for instance, if, if it's a job where we feel like you have to be really organized, it, if one of the, you know, weaknesses that the person has is disorganization or a, a character trait that lends itself to that, then we just feel like we need to maybe have a, another interview and address it kind of head on or whatever. Fortunately, it, it's, it's interesting because it, it's never really been a problem. Um, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, but it, it's definitely, it makes you feel better. And then what we've done is we've shared our strengths with each other uh, and played, not played games, but 
um, <laughs> had team building exercises yes. surrounding that's okay our to strengths. Call them games. Yeah, that's, that's and I game. think in in the, our, our next day of the company, which is this um, week, we're doing a Margaret Rubin test. Have you oh, heard of that I one? I haven't. Um, it's it's a test where you're one of four things. You're like a helper or mm-hmm. a, a obliger, a rebel, or a connector. Maybe that's mm. it. Can't remember. Um, but we're going to talk about our strengths. And then also and connection to and our connection to that. And then we're going to post them in our nap room so that because what we've learned from knowing each other's strengths is if you're going into a team presentation or a brainstorm or just really all kinds of situations, you if you understand the people on your team and how they their strengths, Absolutely. it helps you to approach the project or approach the person or the exercise um, knowing you know, what what Absolutely. the best way is to work with that person. And it's really helped us a lot. That's, I mean, that makes me really it, it, I mean, it, excited for you. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's just and I it's funny because my first experience with a with one of these tests was like 25 or so years ago. And I actually had to take I don't think it was this one, but it, it might have been. But I whatever my results were, I when I was quitting that job, the the boss used my strengths or weaknesses or whatever is trying to talk me out of quitting. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's like, funny. well, you're a, an emotional, you know, decision maker. So are you sure you want to quit kind of thing? Well, and that's I, not strengths. That's some other tool, right? But, yeah. But I just remember oh. thinking, I will never, you know, I will never do that to someone. Because it's it just, it great was, point. you know, great and point. I, so then I shied away from any use of these kinds of tests for a while. Have you heard that before? I, it's my own story. Oh, it's really? It's my own story. So what happened was I was very actually late in taking the assessment when it first came out because I, too, had worked someplace where instead of using personality assessments in a developmental way, they used the organization that, uh, or in actually not just one, many organizations that I, I consulted with, I saw them using them in questionable ways like to put people hole. in yeah. boxes. Yeah. So put people mm-hmm. in certain corners and limit their possibilities instead of open the world to their possibilities. And that worried me. That was very concerning. It just didn't dr- jive with my understanding of personal development. Mm-hmm. And so my background is industrial organizational psychology. And I, for years, actually 17 years, I taught an organizational behavior course for IEPY, for, the, for SPIA, School mm-hmm. of Public and Environmental Affairs. And, and I, was, I also had a, a business where I did a lot of employee satisfaction surveys. And in the 90s, that was kind of cutting edge stuff, but that's a while ago now. Now we talk about engagement. At any rate, I only took the assessment because I wanted to see how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And I was worn down by seeing Strength Finder 2.0 in the bestseller area of the Barnes & Noble. And I felt like I needed to just be aware of how bad it really <laughs> was. I'm sure it's terrible. And so I bought the book, and I took the assessment, and it nailed me. And I was so disappointed. It was very upsetting. <laughs> but it, w- it really made me think, I got to take a step back here. And, and I need to do a little due diligence. You know, I, now I kind of saw my own flaw and that I came to it with this predisposition of negativity. And I needed to. Uh. So um, what was just amazing is that, you know, it actually took 
40 years of psychology research at the University of Nebraska to come up with the, the 34 staple strengths that make up your results. Oh, really? And hmm. that really it's impressed me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I actually um, did some interviewing with Gallup because I got so intrigued with the tool that I thought, hmm, maybe this is the place for me. And the the job actually ended up not being a good fit, but the people at Gallup were right up my alley. Mm-hmm. And it really was all about development. And it really is such a research-based organization. I was really blown away. And ultimately, I just kind of got in line at the right time, but I became one of the first seven people in the world to get certified by Gallup, which there's no other explanation other than the stars were kind of aligned, but now there are thousands of us worldwide. The the tools actually translated into 22 different languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, uh, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your strengths. Oh, okay. Yeah, we started to talk about them on the phone, but I didn't remember what they were. Well, um, you did so a pretty I, good job. So I, you did I a looked them job. up, yeah. and um, yes, there they are. Input, command, ideation, belief, and arranger. So you know that command is the most rare strength out there. Oh. Very Yes, very, very few people have command. And command, it's a, it's a very powerful um, strength to have. It really is. Um, but I, I, I warn you about that because especially when people have, you know, obviously, we've already said, chances you're ever going to find you is one in 33 million. But when we have certain strengths that really don't pop up very often, it's really good to know and just be aware that, wow, other people aren't going to do that the way I do it. Mm. For you, you have... My guess is, you tell me, but my guess is other people that I've coached that have command, um, they have no problem kind of airing their beliefs and and actually surfacing points of conflict. You'd rather talk it through and be like, okay, this is what's going on here, than ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. Am I right? Uh, you know, I, I guess. I mean, I definitely rather... T- talk about it but I'm also maybe a little passive aggressive about it like I take it and take it and take it or feel it and feel it and feel it which man I don't know if I want this on the podcast but (laughs) but um yeah the one that really resonated with me was the belief because I definitely am a sort of a right fighter you know not in the sense like I want to be right in an argument or a disagreement but I just believe in you know, following certain, the rules you have and certain being core ep- yeah. beliefs. And yeah. So I think we can we can tie that to a couple of things. What you first started talking about when we started today was, oh my gosh, they, we don't usually talk about this on this show, but there are some companies out there that aren't following the rules. Mm-hmm. And for you, that's really a big bummer. But more than a big bummer, it's. Uh, you have don't have words for it, right? It's right, like right. I'm in disbelief. Why would they do this? This is a terrible choice. I think again, the premise of this podcast and why this is a passion for you is because of your belief. Yeah, no, that's the one that resonated with me. I, do we know what your strengths are, Kathy? No, I don't have any. No, I'm just teasing <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Kathy, no, everyone has I no, I have taken this, but it's been a bit, and so and and. Um, 
you know, we're involved in the Women Presidents Organization together, and they give assessments all the time. So I've taken a lot of different assessments, so I don't remember this one. But I do have a question for you. Sure. I am curious to know how frequently you use strengths finders to help people define their purpose, either individually or with their companies, because I, mm-hmm. I would see that as a big benefit. Right. Um, and I also, too, just so you know this, uh, um, many of the clients that I have do use this. So I'm somewhat familiar with it, just not how it applies to yeah, me. Yeah, well, yeah. so first of all, wonderful. Um, let me explain that a little bit. As we talked about, but I've written two books. So the first book I wrote, um, I published about four and a half years ago, Unstuck at Last, Using Your Strengths to Get What You Want. And actually, the book is a do-it-yourself guide to coaching. Perfect. Yeah. So, But what has happened is that people have contacted me who have read the book and want individual coaching. Mm-hmm. Mostly I do corporate coaching. Probably 98% of my work is corporate coaching, which is which involves both individual coaching and team coaching, but isn't really, you know, but I have certainly done it, individual coaching and help people find their purpose. I have a package for people that are going through job transitions and want to work with me to get into a better job that really mm-hmm. fits their strengths. And they have found like, wow, that's why that was so upsetting to me is because Either their strengths weren't validated at work or they were asked to, you know, kind of perform roles that really didn't. So, for instance, if if Vicki was asked to do something unethical at work, mm-hmm. that would be a total clash with her strengths mm-hmm. because of her belief. And so she would find that position intolerable. She would have to leave. And usually coaching allows you to have that light bulb moment of, oh, yeah, I can never do mm-hmm. something like that again. And I do a lot of um, of workshops with teams, but even sometimes retreats. So frequently organizations, everyone's taken it. They've never done anything with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so later this week, I'm doing a, um, a, re- a annual uh, meeting, and we're going to talk about the whole strengths of the entire organization. Um, but I do lots of, of, of coaching with teams to help them perform at a, at a higher level. Because I think, as Vicki has said, when people really know how to use each other and what to rely on, um, that really improves the cohesiveness of the group. Sure. Right. And we know that the uh, amount of people that are dissatisfied at work is, like you said, I think it according to the conscious capitalism data that I last looked at, it was like 67% or I think you said 70% yeah. or whatever. It's two thirds. Yeah. yeah. It's two thirds. It is. It's so, it's crazy. And it only makes sense that knowing more about your teammates and incorporating it into the workplace will create a better workplace culture, you know? Absolutely. So, um, it's pretty common sense, you know? So it is what's, What's interesting is that how difficult it is for us to talk about our own personalities and our own personality traits. Most people think that they think like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Realizing that you are unique and special and what you have to offer and how you can help other people with the natural way you think and feel is the big light bulb. Mm-hmm. That's what is really fun and exciting for the for most of the coaching I do, and also creating those partnerships, or even just 
creating the understanding of why those partnerships have always been there. So some people um, have been like, oh, wow, we've always worked well together. Now I get it. Mm -hmm. I really like to plan and my partner really likes the to-do list and they really don't care about the plan and I really don't care about the to-do list. Mm -hmm. So that ends up being, that would be one example of a great, a very productive partnership. I could talk about this all day like I wanted to on the phone that um, afternoon that we spoke. So tell our listeners again the name of the of your two books. Oh, yeah. So the first book um, is Unstuck at Last, Using Your Strengths to Get What You Want. And then the second book um, that I just published this past March um, is Fresh Leadership, Five Skills to Transform You and Your Team. They're both on Amazon. Okay, great. Wonderful. And is there any place else where people can can find you? Uh, so absolutely, go to my website, um, which is freshconceptsonline.com. Okay, perfect. Great. Thanks well, Sarah, so much for having is, me. Yeah, yeah it was thank really you. awesome to to talk, and um, maybe sometime in the future we can talk more about this. I would love to. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I love this next uh, Taking Care and Community nomination. Me too. This particular person, I know. She's lovely. I've um, gone and had a tour of Joy's house, which is where she is the uh, um, CEO and president. And I've also seen her at many events. Just I I would consider her a friend. Um, And this nominee is named Tina McIntosh. Tina is the founder, CEO, and president of Joy's House, which is a not-for-profit adult day service which cares for caregivers and their loved ones. Joy's House has been helping families in and around Indianapolis for 20 years, and they're celebrating their 20th anniversary this month. Yep. Um, she's also a wife, mother of three, and now battling breast cancer for the second time. And she still continues to work and help others. Yeah, I um, I really cannot say enough about Tina McIntosh. It's uh, our careers have followed each other. I feel like through the years we're about similarly aged. And I remember being um, a young executive director and everybody telling me you have to uh, meet Tina McIntosh. She is fantastic and she's so enthusiastic and she has this vision. And at that point, you know, I really didn't know what adult day services was. Um, I ended up actually facilitating something, I think, for the Adult Day Services um, Indiana Network and learned all about it. But, you know, these programs are essential for um, aging people in our community as well as, um, you know, just people with disabilities who have some special needs and um, need a place to go that is not a nursing home uh-huh. or and where they can really be tied into community and um Tina has created the, the, the headquarters or the, the main Joy's House um, in Broad Ripple, which is a beautiful, beautiful facility. In fact, one of my dear friends got married there. It's so lovely. <laughs> they have a lovely really? garden. Yes. No, I mean, it is. It's, yes. it's beautiful. And um, they also expanded to um, the South Side, the University of Indianapolis, the campus location. I kind of helped out a little oh, bit with some of that. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. So they've kind of hit some really tough times with changes in um, Medicaid, Medicare, uh-huh. billing. And so they, they currently have a campaign going on called 20 years is not enough and it's definitely not enough for our community so I hope that um, we can figure out a way to keep Joy's house around for a very very long time 
Yes, absolutely. Well, um, what is their website? Their website for our listeners is joyshouse.org. Okay, great. So everyone go check it out. Let's give a big thank you to our sound engineer, Matt Sosi. And our Taking Care and Community sponsor, National Bank of Indianapolis. If you'd like to nominate someone or an organization for a future episode, you can visit our website, takingcareinbusiness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, or download Taking Care in Business wherever you get our podcasts. If you love Taking Care in Business, give us a five-star rating and leave a review or share this episode on your social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Taking Care in Biz, B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can also email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take take care care in in business. business.